Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Excuse me, Mr. Reyes? You finished scraping the gum off that lounger or what? Uh, Everything right now feels so out of reach. You always land on your feet, bro. You're hymen. They don't get out much. <laughs> I just wanna rap. Jenny? I just wanna rap. Guard that personal life, but do not open it. You went in to get a shops, and all you brought back was a hamburger? Okay, I don't think it's a burger. You haven't looked? What the hell is that? How did you get it to do that? I think he likes me. This ain't what you want. 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 What the? Host acquired. Who said that? Okay, it's gonna be okay. Free entry systems ready. Wait, 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 no, no. This ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I am your host, Kale Smith. Uh, joining me this week is uh, Jacob Suggs from the Jacob, Jacob Suggs uh, channel. Hi, everyone. Good to be back. Thank you so much for having me, Kale. Oh, no problem. And then uh, back with us from the TMNT uh, ep- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ma- Mutant Mayhem episode, uh, Trey Brandon. Hey, that's me. All right. And okay, so Jacob, since you are the most, you're the guest. It, I know you, Trey. I know we're both. You guys are both guests, but since you're the guest, so since Jacob is the guest guest, <laughs> which movie are we talking about this week? And he got here first, to be fair. <laughs> we are talking about the critically acclaimed box office smash, Blue Beetle. <laughs> and Jacob, I'm so Oh, God, Jacob, I'm so sorry. We got the wrong... We got the Jacob where the actual... Where the universe is actually fair and uh, movies can actually be, be... And good movies can be the successful despite fatigue. Oh, okay. Oh, that's um, not true. Okay, my, my, but... my tooth just fell out, but I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but but yes, we are talking about uh, DC's um, Blue Beetle. Um, and the reason why I say DC instead of DCEU or DCU is because it's kind of up in the air. <laughs> like this movie. Yeah, James Gunn hasn't exactly made things clear in that regard. No. Well, interesting. He's tried. Well, interesting enough, like he did, I think he was like someone who did say that Blue Beetle, I don't know if it was on a podcast or on Twitter, but he did mention that Blue Beetle was like a part of it. No, yeah, totally. He said like, you know, he is in the DCU, but the first DCU movie will be his Superman. So like, uh, right. interpret that how you will. I guess yeah. just like if... And not to interrupt you, Kale, because I think that you were about to say something. No, go ahead. Um, just to kind of hop in, I, I think that it's one of those things that 
we already know that like Hot Girl and Green Lantern and other heroes are going to be in Superman Legacy. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I I think that Blue Beetle being the first DCU character could make sense. Um, the only problem with that is is I think that James Gunn's waiting for two things to fully say anything, which is smart. Um, he's waiting on critical reception and box office. And I think that that's ultimately going to determine if we see Blue Beetle again. More so critical uh, reception, but we'll we'll see, I suppose. And that's kind of the thing, too, is like, I feel like the recep- the fan reception and critical reception will kind of make or break if this version of Blue Beetle survives, mm-hmm. which is so weird to think about because like Blue Beetle just like came to the scene and now he's like, you know, and now he's like ready for now he's like almost on trial for, you know, ex- excommunication. So it's like that. That's like the weirdest part about everything being like determined if it's supposed to be a success or not. And in 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 the weird sense, Blue Beetle like the and I keep saying this all weekend, and I kept saying this basically till now. The irony of Blue Beetle is it probably could have done better as a streamer because so many movies, and it's not just Blue Beetle. It's there's so many movies that have done better on PVOD or on streaming. Um, since they and since more people are just like staying home this is like the summer where everyone just like either went to the mo- went to like one thing once or they just didn't go at all like this is like the weird summer where it's only like five movies that people actually went to saw see like they went and saw guardians they went to see um uh, spider-verse and then they went and saw oppenheimer and barbie and that's been pretty much it mm-hmm. uh the i mean i don't know if you'd count it since it was just spring still but the mario brothers movie uh i mean for the year yes for the year yes like Mar- people people flock to mario brothers but i mean and to, and to be fair to like all of those movies i just mentioned they are all doing something like different in create in creating like an incentivized incentivized reason to go to the movies like even Super Mario Brothers, as like basic as that movie is, it's a pro- beloved property that people you know love and still play. This, I mean, Mario Kart is still a pheno- cultural phenomenon. So I mean, right there and then you have like the built-in audience of like gamers of that range from you know like to Jacob's parents to our age to people our age. So I mean, it just like it. So I mean, it, it's there. Like the audience is there. So, and I feel for Blue Beetle because it's like, it is like a nice, it is like a really good movie, but it is like one of those, like, it's like watching a Fox Marvel movie, like one of the last Fox Marvel movies coming out, like, you know, after the merger has been done. It's like, like, oh, there was probably like a whole trilogy, a whole thing, you know, all these plans. And now that's like, um we'll just see if anything ever comes back. We'll see if like, we'll see, I guess in Deadpool three, if the new mutants ever get mentioned. So, um, so yeah. I'm hoping nobody ever mentions new mutants again. Mm-hmm. Like our movie was garbage. It was not good. I'm a certified X-Men defender. However, that movie is not, not all that. <laughs> it has its moments. Well, yeah. Um, 
well, it's I definitely mean, no X Men uh, Dark Phoenix. That's for sure. <laughs> oh my god, I fell, I, I fell asleep during that. I, I legitimately did. It was so boring. Hey now. Uh, but yeah, so we're here for Blue Beetle, and um, just kind of like I guess kick us off. I mean, starting with you, Trey. What are your general thoughts on the movie? Oh, uh, I liked it. It was a pretty good time. Uh, definitely. Uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't real. I mean, I thought I would at least get some, you know, jolly seeing some particular things, uh, little Easter eggs. As a comic book nerd, I'm, you know, wowed with the jingly keys of like, oh, hey, I read that. Like, uh, like it's always rewarding as a comic fan to kind of like catch stuff you recognize and everything. And uh, as someone who like, and I can't claim to particularly be well versed on uh, the Jaime Reyes uh, Blue Beetle comics. I'm more familiar with the Ted Cord era Blue Beetle with uh, with the lit, particularly like the series written by Lynn uh, Lynn Wine or the Justice League International series written by Demetrius and uh, Giffen, which is really great. I highly recommend. It's written like a sitcom, like uh, with like just a bunch of egomaniacs with Batman as the straight man, like. Uh, it's, uh, I highly recommend it, but like, uh, but the only thing I know about Jaime's through like Young Justice, the cartoon series and stuff like that. So like what little I could glob onto was rewarding. And the main guy in it, uh, what's his name? The actor's name, uh, Zolo, uh, uh, Zolo, uh, here I will bring it up. Zolo, mm, mm, there. Mary, uh, marijuana, marijuana, mar, mar. <laughs> I'm so. Everyone knows I'm terrible with names. So. <laughs> but uh, the kid from uh, Cobra Kai, like, yeah. uh, hold on, I'm gonna look up his name. Is my am, am I still on camera? All right, excellent, excellent. But uh, yeah, uh, but he was fantastic. Not gonna lie, he's a little cutie. Like, uh, he definitely has like, uh, I think like main character presence and everything. He's definitely got the look. Uh, uh, Zolo Maraduena. I might be uh, messing that name up, but uh, I thought he was good. I uh, thought, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bruno uh, Marquette Marquezine was great. Like as a uh, Jenny cord. Uh, overall, I thought the actors who played his family were fantastic. Like particularly George, Ple- George Lopez is like the uncle who probably listens to Infowars. Like, uh, it, uh, it, they had just such a great dynamic to a point to where I genuinely like bought them. You know, I just felt like this sort of familial warmth between them and everything. I love the scenes with them. Like, uh, I felt like it was kind of every, in terms of that sort of fan family dynamic, I felt like it's what Miss Marvel wanted to be. Like, uh, it, 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 I, I really enjoyed it and I really liked that they, did a good job setting up this like uh, city in the Florida Keys and everything like that. Definitely has the Florida vibes, the pastel colors and neon lights. Like, uh, uh, fun time. Like, uh, I dig it. Like, uh, it's not going to if you're, you know, if you're already fatigued with superhero films. I don't see this one really winning you over because it's not very original. If I think that's honestly my biggest complaint is that you could literally predict predict like where this movie's going. You can literally predict where every scene is going. Like uh it's it it does what it does well, but like it's not going it's not going to sing a new song for you. You haven't already heard. Yeah. Okay, and Jacob. Okay, so I I basically agree 
with every single thing that Trey just said. Um, I guess for me, before I even talk about my thoughts on the movie, I need to tell you about my experience watching the movie. So my friend and I go (laughs) to the theater expecting just a fun watch on a Thursday night, which is very much what Blue Beetle was. I'll go ahead and say that. However, there's like these two little kids and like their parents sitting in front of us and nobody else. Nobody's seeing Blue Beetle that night, sadly. Uh, the Blue Beetle Battalion was not out in full force. Well, what happened was <laughs> I, I started to smell something really bad. And I was like, is it me? Is it like them? Is it is it my friend? Oh, God. And the little kid raised his arms up. And as soon as he did, I was hit with straight B.O. Uh... And the entirety of Blue Beetle, I, I really was hit with a... Uh, with, with some uh some oh, stank no. the oh, not, not to give away oh, too, no. too much but there's a scene in which the the beetle ship um <laughs> which is like his thing uh it, it it farts in the movie like this gas and it was like spy kids 4d all over again like <laughs> I, I got a whiff of the, the beetle gas <laughs> in real time but aside Ooh. from a truly stanky child in the theater that definitely needed to take a bubble bath. Um, the movie is, is pretty entertaining. Um, you know, I I think that it's, again, like Trey said, if you're tired of superhero movies, it's not con- going to convert you. If you've only seen like four comic book movies in your entire life, you might actually leave thinking this movie is like a nine out of 10 if you want to give it a score or, or you might love it. And that's totally awesome. That's great. The the problem is for me is that as entertaining as it is, and I do think it has just enough merits to make it stand out on its own, I do think that it's kind of a Xerox copy of other superhero movies. I mean, the plot is literally just kid who wants to be ahead in life gets powers. He has to learn how to use this suit and these abilities. But wait, there's an evil corporation that is trying to weaponize what he has. Is that Spider-Man? Is that Iron Man? Is that the Hulk? Is it Blue Beetle? It's just something that we've seen. And and again, like Trey said, it's very predictable the entire time. However, that doesn't change the fact that, again, it does have enough, in my opinion at least, it does have enough merits to stand out on its own and make it a worthwhile and entertaining watch especially for like a Thursday night or a matinee if you're wanting to catch it then. And if you're a DC Comics fan and you just want for them to have a win in the cinemas, I think this is, in terms of a good movie, this is it. Like, it's a lot easier to follow. It's it's a lot easier to follow than any Zack Schneider DC film, and (laughs) it's not as aggressively dumb as Aquaman or Wonder Woman 84. Hold on, hold on. I I did not go... I can't condone that last part. However, <laughs> I am a certified Zack Snyder purist, and I am a uh, hardcore I, I, Aquaman defender. For, for those, I gotta are, tell you, I, yeah, I, I, you might not, <laughs> you might not like me on my Zack Snyder tirades. I hate okay. that guy so much. I can, I could write you a book on how much I hate that guy. Okay. Oh. So oh, Blue Beetle, am I right? That was so fast. <laughs> That was so fast. Okay, the, the so, uh, came and went that, so quickly. I'm just kidding. Okay, wow, that was 
no, no we never. yeah uh so, so yes uh okay so first of all i should come in with you know i am not drinking red wine uh it's just solid water you can hear the oh glass. nice i didn't know we could have red wine on this actually i've well, got the my red... blue beetle cores banquet at the moment not wait sponsored. they did a wait they did wait they course did a blue beetle like tie-in no, no i'm no, just no. calling it the the cores blue beetle banquet because i thought it really rolled off the tongue Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Great, great, great. No, 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 no. Great, great. Okay, so um, I'm drinking water. Um, so that means um, in the chronology of the show, um, I actually kind of like this movie. Like it is like it. it I agree 100 percent with everyone what they're saying, and the more I hear you guys, you know, like compare this to like Iron Man, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the, you know, you know. I mean, just freak everything else. Like this movie does feel like, you know, a last beating breath of, you know, of comic book movies from like 10, 15 years ago. Like if like, that's what it feels like. But the thing though, about this movie though, is there was enough charm. There's enough, you know, like there, there's enough really good values. There's enough of, you know, just like, just I, I don't know how to better quantify it. Just charm to where I went. I had a good time. Like this is a good movie. Like and you know again as Trey and I like uh, when we walked out of this movie. Like I kind of we both kind of just said it's not rewriting the wheel, but I mean I still had a good time. Like this was a good. Like if this is to be our end of summer movie, uh, this was a good way to end uh, twenty twenty summer twenty twenty three. Um, in a proper way where it's like, it's not like overly bloated. It's not, you know, action explosions everywhere. Yeah. It's not like a CGI, you know, it's not like a CGI overloading, you know, disaster. It's like a well adequate, fun action movie that most of the family can see. I mean, <laughs> I say most because there's like, there's like moments here and there where it's like there's blood splatter. There's, you know, stuff here and there, but like it is. For the and there's a baby dick joke. There's a what? And there's a baby dick joke. Oh yeah, that too. And like the character like walks nude every time he's out of the suit. So like not full nude, but just like it's implied nude. Um, so, I mean, it's not for, I guess like eight, everyone under the age of seven, but it is like this was a, a fun movie. Like I just had like a good time, and I even thought about like going and seeing it today like, for like the six dollar Tuesdays. Like I was just like, this is just so like a I would have a more fresher, you know, fresher in my mind, and then also just like I I kind of like it. Like I just kind of feel good watching this. You just kind of feel good watching this movie. Yeah, it. I don't want to like jump in, but I, I feel like like you just said, it's a pretty easy watch, you know, whereas I think it has just enough depth and just enough to make it feel different. I I feel like it being just a very entertaining watch is all I really wanted from it going in. And that's exactly what I got. I I think that if you like, and this is just me talking here, but I think that if you're somebody who likes the Shazam movies, Namely, the first Shazam specifically, <laughs> because Shazam 2 made $4 at the box office earlier this year. I mean, um, I like Shazam too, but the, go ahead, Jacob. 
No, I'm sorry. Well, Kale, I'm I'm very glad that your four dollars went to Shazam too. I'm sure Zachary <laughs> Levi is very happy that he can buy a Big Mac with that. Um, yeah, there were so few people seeing it. Like he might actually be able to write you a card for see it for <laughs> contributing. Dude, Zachary <laughs> Levi is going to look at you at the end of the year and be like, "Hey, do you want to use this as like a tax write off or something?" No, <laughs> 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 so, like. As much as like, I did not like Shazam. I thought Shazam Two was like very mid at best. But yep, that's just I agree. But like, I I think that if you namely really like that first Shazam movie, again, a movie that just has a big emphasis on family, and it, it feels very like fun for the whole family kind of thing. I, I think that if you're going in with those kind of expectations and those kinds of vibes, you're definitely going to get it. Um, and I think that that's where Blue Beetle absolutely succeeds but i think that it bringing nothing new to the table is a big problem that dc's had for a while now because they've just they disbanded their original plans back in like 2016 especially 2017 and then although they released the snyder cut in 2021 they didn't do anything with it they didn't build on it as much as i love that movie so it's like I mean, now they're kind of in a weird spot to where they're about to restart completely. And if a movie is not going to bring anything new to the table, maybe they can use that character. But I mean, the the movie itself kind of being set up for failure, in my opinion, sadly. What's funny, too, is even not even just like the Schneider plans falling apart. It seemed like Hamada had some plans that he was like uh, working towards before his uh, resignation from a the DC side of Warner Brothers. So it just seemed like there was just any kind of a... You could kind of even see facets of that plan taking shape in some of the post-credit scenes of Black Adam, Shazam, and everything. Kind of like a direction it seemed like they were heading in. But, I mean, now it's just like, uh, what does it matter? Like, uh, does it not kind of build anything that we might not even recognize on the other side? To play devil's advocate in a very kind of weird way, and this is just how I see it, I, personally, I I know I can't speak for everybody here, and I, I know they didn't work for everybody, but personally, I'm a really big Snyder DC guy. Um, I really liked what he was doing character-wise with the arcs of the characters. I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was very different from Marvel, which is what I think sets DC ultimately apart from Marvel in a lot of ways. Um, I will say that although a lot of these post credit scenes aren't going anywhere, I feel like, you know, Superman and Black Adam and then Wonder Woman and Shazam and Batman in The Flash. Um, although I think that these are ultimately, and this is just me, I think they're kind of bastardizations of Snyder's versions of the characters by this point because he really has no say. And it's like they just they have access to these actors playing this character, these respective characters. They have contracts on these actors. Yeah. So it's like, I I think that in a weird way, it kind of acts as an epilogue for the DC Trinity in a way, seeing these like characters and like post credit scenes or little things that kind of go nowhere. Um, So to me, I mean, to be fair, MCU was plenty full of post credit scenes that went absolutely nowhere in its first couple phases. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, Tony Stark and uh, General Ross in a bar, anybody? 
Well, that was yeah. actually answered in a Marvel one-shot, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, but, like, that was more of a retroactive afterthought of, oh, oh hey, we got this hanging here for no fucking reason, so... And I also or Thanos' like, like, little courting death post credit scene. I will say this, though, about Blue Beetle. I thought it was awesome that they didn't have another character in the movie. There was no cameo. All I saw was one Lex Court building, and I heard one Superman name drop once, and that was it. And I and was I like, you know what? Wears... Respect. Yeah, and I think someone wears a Gotham University, but... And, and to be and to what Jacob is saying, that's like why I feel like this could go either way. Like this could even be an Elseworld story. Like that's like how like contained this movie is. Like because I mean, even the post credit scene doesn't have like any of the you know like you mentioned the DC Trinity, so or any other DC characters. So yeah. it's like so this movie has like this opportunity to where if there's enough. If there's enough want for it, enough demand for it, they like Blue Beetle could be like in the Booster Gold series, or you know, or somewhere along uh, the line. Uh, I'm really hoping Ted Cord appears in the Booster Gold series. Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, and Booster Gold is probably the greatest comedic duo in comic books. Like uh, a buddy comedy between those two would be like that's gold right there. That's Booster Gold. Dude, I just hope James Gunn shows up. <laughs> oh, if you it's the James Gunn project, you could be sure his buddies are going to be there. Do what? If it's a James Gunn project, you could be sure his buddies are going to be there. I just wonder who are they going to make Michael Rooker play now? Michael well, Rooker is Wonder Woman. <laughs> in a shocking development, in a twisted development. Um, no, but. So I really, but but like I said, like that, that's kind of like the genuine, like, uh, like the genuine like plus this movie has. It's so self-contained that like it could, it, it has its own story, it has its own characters. Jaime does have sort of an arc. Um, it's I mean it's like not like the strongest of arcs, but it is like you know he does have like this arc of where he has to kind of learn that the life he, you know, that going ahead, getting up ahead means, you know, also having to be with your family, but also like there's this, like there's like this kind of like ups and downs of going, of moving ahead in life. You know, you're going to lose some, but also gain some. And even the thing you think, you know, you're now attached to like biometrically, you know, that thing might actually also be the future of your family. Yeah. So, it, so I feel like there is arcs here and there. It is still a little messy, but I mean, I don't know, like just the, but the way like Angel Soto directs this movie, the way everyone kind of like the whole cast acts with each other, the whole ensemble, even Susan Sarandon is like the worst Karen to ever exist. Um, so yeah. like. like truly like the most entitled like she is the lex luther of the blue beetle universe like she is you know i actually what i've i I, it's funny you mention her because that's actually a point i wanted to bring up in this podcast is i found her interesting in the sense that her villain was lame i found her character to be just a very two-dimensional like rich white villain and everything like uh like uh casually racist uh 
just like uh, very just obsessed with like making money at the expense of like the world or whatever. However, Susan Sarandon did a pretty fucking good job playing her. Like uh, Susan Sarandon, the, though. Yeah, it's just like uh, do I know? Oh, I said she's also Susan Sarandon, though. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I mean, it's just like, they I don't just, know, it's sort of like how I, it's similarly it's how I felt with uh, Tom Wilkinson in uh, Black Widow. I thought yeah. his villain in that was very lame and two-dimensional, Wait, but Ray he Winston, played the absolute shit out of that character, like, with his hokey, like, Russian accent. Like, he chewed the scenery with that guy. He had a fun time playing this character, and I had a fun time watching him play, as poorly written as he was, and... I felt similarly with Susan Sarandon in this movie. It's like her villain is so cliche, so like two dimensional, but she's doing a great fucking job playing the character. I mean, she's smiling as like Jaime's fan, the Reyes house is like burning to ash. Like, truly villainy. Like, truly, you know, what does the kid say? You know, she learned how to serve, she was really serving cunt in that movie. Uh, Sorry, boy, howdy, did she? Sorry, Jacob. So, uh, but what was I saying? Uh, but I no, so like that, Kale. That was great. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I still misworded it. I'll go back in and ADR it. So, <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, and, and speaking of her character, it's, it's funny because, like, for the longest time, I thought she was super generic. And in hindsight, I, I do think she kind of was. Um, I mean, how many billionaire, evil corporation, CEO, comic book villains are there, right? There's a lot. That's literally Not been enough. the villain of all three Iron Man movies. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> that. that's that. But I do think, oddly enough, for the longest time, I thought that like her one goon, like that one guy with like the robotic limbs, I was like, you know what? This guy is like, I've seen this before, but like, whatever. Like, he's kind of adding maybe another layer here in just a little way. Um, but I've got to say, at the very end of the movie, and I'm I'm assuming that we can talk spoilers. I mean, oh, if, yeah. if not, I mean, if you, if you wanted to see Blue Beetle, you've already seen Blue Beetle by this point, I feel like. <laughs> Like, you are not wrong there. I'm oh, yeah. glad that all two people are excited to hear spoilers for Blue Beetle, which I'll, I'll talk about more about that in a minute. I feel like I'm missing the box office a bit too much. But Carapax, the villain who gets like the weaponized Blue Beetle tech suit. Um, the Yomac. Yes. Is it mean it. to call him Discount Metallo? Are you Metallo? DP nerds out there? Discount what? Is it mean to call him Discount Metallo? I mean, it's kind of similar. I think he's more like Whiplash from Iron Man 2 to where he gets like the arc reactor and he's like, all right, this is my thing. Again, all Blue Beetle is is just like like little parts of every other comic book movie you've ever seen put together. And somehow, honestly, it's actually pretty entertaining because um, the heart <laughs> is just there. But I, I think that Carapax added a little bit more to... Susan Sarandon's character than I I quite expected, especially at the end where it's revealed that like everything that he's kind of been through by this point because of her directly, you know, we're kind of told a lot of how bad she is and we can kind of see it, but it's more told than it is shown. So when it's finally shown, I'm like, okay, 
you know that adds an, an, an it adds a much needed layer to his character and it adds a little bit more of a layer to her character and honestly i thought that was probably one of the more effective parts in the movie aside from george lopez being awesome and <laughs> the heart of the movie just being within blue beetle himself yeah and for me like what's in what's incredible about this cast is like everyone feels like it feels lived in like it feels like you know these like it feels like a like they it feels like the actors had enough like rehearsal time to be to kind of figure out their family dynamics to where they you know can you know you know, spar off or, you know, you know, click off or reflect off of each other, that kind of thing. And it feels like everyone, you know, just like, it feels like there's enough there to where there's enough personality, which is sort of like what's, what kind of was there in Miss Marvel, but not enough, which is weird to say since that's a six hour TV show. Um, but somehow, considering how much they tried to shove in that, still somehow felt too short. Yeah, so... I haven't seen it all the way through, so I can't comment on it, but... It only gets more messy the way further you go in. Yeah, I didn't doubt it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was... But, you know, and I felt like a lot of the stuff that was very touching, I felt like, you know... I should I feel dumb not seeing, you know, when they the red herring of like the father, like having, like they mentioned that he had a heart attack earlier and I feel dumb for not being like, Oh, okay. They're going to bring that into the second act and that's going to be like a thing. And they really do kill his father in like the most, in like the most horrible way imaginable. Like Jaime is screaming while being tarted off in this like helicarrier jet. Um, so and like everyone's just there and it, like so that's that that scene to me was you know it's heartbreaking and then you get this great scene where like they're in the like like in heaven or something or in purgatory uh i feel like i'm i feel like i'm describing this well they're like, in I the feel beetle like zone kill i am that's canonically what it's called the beetle zone Oh, for real? So no, I just, I just made it up. I couldn't tell you if he's right or not. Like I, I, like I said, I'm more familiar with the second Blue Beetle, Ted Core. Jaime is still a mystery to me. Well, I, I want to interrupt real quick and just say I just read a Go tweet ahead to save me. that said that Blue Beetle has officially crossed fifty million dollars at the box office worldwide, and the first comment says. Crawl, my child, crawl, crawl <laughs> to not be able to flop. Someone, all right, uh, Blue Beetle partially... Battalion. Where is this Blue Beetle Battalion? <laughs> well, I man, it's like that meme that everybody shares on Twitter, where it's like DC fans online, and it's like a packed theater, and then it's like DC fans in the theater, and there's like. A bunch of just empty seats. <laughs> Let me just say this though, too. But you know what? I, I did this in the box office a bit too much. I just want to interrupt and just say this as well. It's it really sad. As as much as I think this movie is like a Xerox copy of other comic book movies, 
it really does have enough merit to stand on its own. I really think it does. And I think that on streaming, it'll be fun. I think it will gain a cult following for sure. Um, oh, yeah. And it'll be one of those movies that you see in a bargain bin. But if you got it and never have seen it before, you're going to be really entertained by it. And I think that it's a massive shame that Warner Brothers, it's not that they could, that they just didn't promote the movie. It's that they could not afford to promote the movie. Um, <laughs> to me, that's just a real shame. So, which is hilarious for Warner Brothers. But for me, it's just a massive shame because quite honestly, as a member of the Blue Beetle Battalion, I I truly think that the movie deserved a lot better. <laughs> I really think that it it really deserves at least the support, you know? Is it going to blow you away? I don't think that it will. But is it a very entertaining movie that you'll find a hero that maybe you didn't know about before, that now you're maybe a bit more interested in now? Absolutely. And the fact that we have a mainstream comic book blockbuster movie with an all-Latino cast, fantastic phenomenal and i at the I end of the day so at the end of the day to me that's what i i honestly think like we I, I i feel like in this medium we only get more richer from diversity and everything because oh, like yeah. people want to feed themselves and like uh i i think blue beetle like I, that's why i wish more people had seen it because i do think movies like this are a step in the right direction and to be honest with you i feel like superhero movies are the only like the Hollywood tentpole or blockbuster films that actually put people of color at the forefront. Like I love, you know, there are a lot of great action films out that's come out in the, this year, like John wick and everything like that, or, but they all usually just are white dudes and everything, yeah. which, you know, it's just like, I'm not saying, Oh, this John wick's not good because it's a white guy. I love John wick for, but no, I'm just saying that like superhero movies seem to be the only blockbusters that like people of color are leading. I mean, look at Wakanda forever. That was a, high-grossing film with a black woman leading it. Like, that. It, like back in the 90s, producers would have been shaking in their boots at the idea of a black woman, like, leading a uh, high-budgeted action film. But, like, thanks to, like, superhero movies and everything we have, like, move this forward. Like, we have movies like Shang-Chi, uh, like a superhero movie that's, you know, or a kung fu film that is also a superhero movie. Like, uh, it is, they're the, you know, like, a cinephile, you know, I'm a cinephile myself and everything, so as, like, a film nerd, I always hear people shitting on stuff like, you know, comic book films, the MCU, and it's just, like, fair, but, I mean, at least they're the ones actually giving people of color a chance to truly shine on a uh, bigger scale than just indie films. Exactly, and to me, like, that's, like, why the Blue Beetles are unf- and I mean unfortunate because, like, it, because if they are, because if they are not working like Blue Beetle does, it it's it kind of maintains the precedent that you know that that people that they're not going to like the the general audiences are not going to go see this because of said thing or said you know or uh, because of said lead or whatever. And to me, like that is such a so. Uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the word. I'm blanking. It's such a. It's so like disparaging uh to the culture it's so disparaging you know to uh to latinos and what's even in and unsurprisingly the you know when the cinema score so that so so to give preface cinema score gave it a b plus 
which ultimately... Hey, I'm, I'm really happy racist comic nerds didn't review bomb this because there were not enough white people. It didn't meet some white person quota or something. Exactly. So, like, this movie did, like, an, I mean, which is about the same as, like, The Flash, unfortunately, or I guess however you want to read it. But the thing was, but the thing is, though, is I really do feel like, you know, because of the because of the success and also i mean it's not a good time to really even if this was like the greatest movie of all time like it would have had to have had the and maybe it will maybe it will this is not again we're recording this the tuesday the movie has come out you know maybe it will have a good second weekend but like crazy rich asians did um but i mean it's weird but it is like odd that they were just like yeah, you know, we saved it from HBO Max, you know, or saved it from tax write-offs. <laughs> um, but we're gonna, but we're gonna put it in mid-August where like kids are going back to school, people don't really go to the movies that much. You know, yeah. it's you know, I mean, because I mean, yeah, I mean, Jacob knows, you know, like I mean, people, you know, you know, people just have like there's too much to do in the first month of August that you know, like normal people have to deal with. So it's really just like, you know, so really, I mean, you're just relying on comic book nerds. And the problem has been comic book nerds have been basically, they're just like, if it's not like amazing, like if it's not like, you know, a slam dunk, hell, hell yes, you know, um, we're not going to show up. Like, we're not going to, like, why bother? Because, I mean, the Marvel stuff is like, you know, Marvel's going to continue on without us. Regardless of the quality. <laughs> Ew. Personally, I would go back in time and destroy the MCU for the betterment of cinema as a whole. But that's just me. Wow. Uh, that's an arc for you. It is an arc. <laughs> I, me going back in time through the multiverses to stop Marvel from ever existing, but then my tooth just falls out. I don't say this because I like the MCU, but I feel like an MCU-like franchise was the inevitability with Hollywood looking for a never-ending like sequel, spin-off uh, machine and everything. Star Wars and Jaws put us on this path. MCU is just the ultimate result. Every yeah. other studio has been trying to imitate the same exact effect, a very limited success. But I guarantee oh, yeah. you now, thanks to the success of Last of Us, the TV show, and the Super Mario Brothers, boys prepare for an oversaturation of video game IP adaptations. <clears throat> well, I don't know that about music of... biopics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, very. That, Whoa. too. Oh, and movies based off toys, thanks to Barbie. Oh, yeah, the Hot Wheels movie. Let's go. Honestly, I'll be real. I am the number one Hot Wheels movie supporter at the moment. I think that that sounds like a movie that could absolutely rip, but that's just me. Jacob, hey, it's, it ought to be better than fucking Polly Pockets by ugh, Lena Dunham. Yeah. Okay, so wait, Jacob, I have a question for you. Yes. Is it true that J.J. Abrams is attached to direct Hot okay. Wheels, or is, that a, or is that just a joke? It, wait, that, what? That robot is supposed to be producing. I don't hmm. know if that is true or not, but I, I don't know if that's how it's going to eventually pan out, but that's what I think where it's at at the moment. Honestly, though, I will be honest, a bad robot produced Hot Wheels movie actually sounds pretty fun. 
Um, it sounds very different than anything that JJ has ever probably produced or made. Um, but I think that, you know, like, how do you mess up a Hot Wheels movie? It's just car go fast on wild tracks. Well, right. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, people forget, like, J.J. Abrams was one of the first people to actually write a script for a Speed Racer movie, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Hmm. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So I wonder, so that's like why I'm like just wondering, is he just going to, like, revamp that script into, like, Hot Wheels? I guess he could, but as much um, as I love J.J. Abrams, um, I will yes, say that Speed okay. Racer by the Wachowski sisters is quite possibly the greatest movie of all time. I mean, it's the a silence good movie. is deafening. It's okay, though. That's a bold. I have to say, that's a bold statement. We're I don't know what I would say. It's the greatest movie of all time, but uh... I'll just say it on the podcast. One time, I watched Speed Racer drunk, and the scene where <laughs> the scene where he races his brother's memory at the end, I was in tears. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was great 10 out of 10 recommend watching it intoxicated if you are of the age of listening to oh, man. the kills podcast so uh so blue beetle i want to uh, see if i can get my hands blue on beetle, some mushrooms yeah. or something and watch that movie oh that would so, be great too so anyway blue... we don't condone this anyway blue beetle oh i very condone it okay we okay yeah okay so but yes uh okay so blue beetle um I feel like... Go ahead, Jacob. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like it's one of those movies that, quite honestly, is just hard to talk about because you can't really spoil anything. And you can't really... I did put a spoiler warning up. I did did try to put a spoiler warning, so we can talk spoilers, but go ahead, Jacob. Finish your thoughts. Excuse me. I was just going to say, I guess, like... I don't know if we're, we're giving final thoughts yet or not, but... I guess my overall thoughts on the movie is just, it's a very entertaining movie. If you go to be entertained, you definitely probably will be. Um, If it makes new Blue Beetle fans and gets people interested in a character that maybe they hadn't heard about before, I think to me, that is the biggest possible takeaway. That's awesome. Um, and I, you know, I, I really do hope that we get to see the character again at some point. Same here. But, you know, because <laughs> the character, I think, is really the standout. Um, without Blue Beetle being as strong of a character and as fun as a character as he is, I, I don't think you'd have a super memorable movie here. You know, you'd probably just have, like, something pretty forgettable. But But I think that he really makes it a standout or at least a more entertaining movie than maybe it should be on paper. Um, And you know what? I got to give them props for that. And I wish that again, the movie did better. I wish that Warner brothers could actually pay to market the movie. And, you know, I wish that ultimately it just did a lot better, but Jacob, you keep saying afford a better marketing campaign. Uh, They just, or made a billion dollars off of Barbie. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, but you gotta imagine they also lost a shit ton of money on Flash. Also, uh, like yeah. uh, for 
for their big wins <laughs> with Oppenheimer and Barbie, they also took some big losses. Uh, well, Oppenheimer's the film is, Universal, so, but go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Oh, is it? I thought that was Warner Brothers, huh? Fuck me. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, uh, that's fair, I guess. But I'm like, even I, I feel like the Meg Two is like less marketed than Blue Beetle, and it's still it's doing better than that and than Blue Beetle. Like it's still that's a shark movie. I feel like it's a you don't have to be invested into any sprawling cinematic universe or familiar with any sort of lore. It's just a big shark movie. Yeah, but it's like it's quietly went up to like three nineteen, uh, three hundred nineteen million dollars. So in like two weeks, so it's just like what just. And I'm like, I st- I haven't even seen the movie. Like, and I only I've only seen like one trailer of it. So it's it's like it's so odd that this mo- that Blue Beetle. It's so odd to think about how Warner Brothers kind of has fumbled one movie, but they're but they accidentally stumbled into two uh, two box office hits, like within a month. So yeah, um, it's this like. <laughs> it's befuddling and to your point guys about or to i think it was jacob that brought it up that you know um that for me like you know i do hope they bring back you know the cast and everybody again because a you know i i do want to see a sequel i i am now kind of a blue beetle fan hey i would love to see especially get them follow up to that uh, mid-credit scene with uh ted cord i fucking love ted cord i want to see him realize especially if those rumors i heard before this movie's release is true that they had jason sudeikis in mind uh to play him like uh that'd be fucking awesome so i do have a question do we think that's jason sudeikis voice that we hear on like the scratchy video monitor or is that just i'm gonna look it up i'm curious now that you say that wouldn't be surprised if they just did what they did with jay garrig and the flash and just grabbed some crew member um, cause to me, like, that's, you know, cause to me, like, that movie, like, it hangs that Ted Cord is missing. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people speculate on t- online that, like, uh, given the fact that it seems like he's breaking, it seems like he's having issues breaking through, that maybe he's, like, lost in time or something like that, potentially setting up, like, uh, Ark and, like, Blue, uh, Booster Gold or something like that, but, uh, who's to say? I would love... I would love for that to happen, because like I said, I love Booster Gold and Ted Cord Blue Beetle uh, palling around. One of my favorite uh, stories in Justice League International is when Guy Gardner goes on a date with uh, Black Canary, and uh, it's uh, because Blue Beetle and uh, Booster Gold fucking hate Guy Gardner so much, they uh, follow them on their date for the sole purpose of just sabotaging it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just giggling. Uh, my bad. Uh, so, but yeah, no, like I really would like to see more of this, and I do hope they don't because, and also, it's kind of frustrating. Like I understand people being frustrated that like Wonder Woman and like the trio, like that the Trinity, like Wonder Woman, Batflack, and then Cavill Superman, they're not ever gonna like ever have like a resolution. Like I kind of, I really do completely understand, but it is more frustrating to be like. Here's Sasha Callie as Supergirl. Well, she died in the other movie, so now she doesn't. So now, so now her superhero credit is dead, or her superhero credit is up in the air. And then the multiverse. 
Maybe she'll be back on a Crisis and Infinite Earths movie yeah. down the line or something. I don't, I don't know. Well, that's and that's the other problem too. It's like there's all these infinite possibilities because it's DC. They do like area. They do like um, you know all these different like you know uh, reboots and whatnot. But this problem with Warner Brothers in the last like, I mean, even just this decade alone, they are making decisions and plans for cinematic universes, and then they're just like, uh, and then one movie later they're like, uh, never mind, we're we're firing this group, and now we're entering this group. Then one or two movies later, you know, oh, never mind, you know. So it's just like, uh, like in the and that's kind of like why I feel like. Marvel and Star Wars and Lucasfilm, when Star Wars kind of came back, they kind of had like an advantage because they were subsidiaries and they could be kind of like left alone. They can kind of just focus on one or two movies a year. And now that Marvel is like all the content and now that Star Lucasfilm is all the content, I think now they've become the studios where, you know, they've become just like the studios that they own. Where they're just like, after one failure, they're just like, oh, never mind. You know, we'll we'll try something else. And and to me, that's to me like the reason why like the cinematic universe thing is now starting, and all this fatigue is starting to crumble because there's too much, like there's too, too much content. Yeah, there's too much content, and there's too much like I mean, even now going to Marvel, there's like four or five different storylines, and they're not really there's not really like a way they're going to connect. Like if, and now you have to watch TV shows in order to know what's going on in a movie, which becomes particularly insulting. If you have to sit through a piece of shit, like secret invasion in order to, uh, understand like what's going on in like two other movies. Like, like, don't be wrong. Like to me, one of the lowest uh, points in Marvel is like Thor, the dark world. Like that movie is such a flaming piece of shit, but at least it's a thankfully short movie. You got for a fucking shitty TV series. That's six hour long episodes. You have to torture yourself with. Yeah, and that's if you're watching, you're binge watching it, not waiting every week to finish it. So it's so it's so to me like that's why you know not to again. I I know this episode feels like a bunch of tangents, but uh, but but to me like you know I feel like that's why like all this stuff is not working now is because there's so much and there's so much to keep up with. And well, one of the things I think is, I mean, I think the fact that a movie like Barbie broke a billion and everything, and you see like, uh, the spider verse, like attracts so many people. It's just like, well, spider verse is another superhero film, but like the animation to it, I think like definitely gave it some sort of like visual difference that made people feel like they weren't seeing like, yet another like Disney or Pixar animated film or like in the instance of Barbie, like it was just so different from any other movie out like uh, at the time. Like, I just feel like audiences just want something different. Like, I feel like they're finally starting to pick up that most Hollywood tent poles are the pretty much same three act story structure. Like, uh, but it's just, uh, I think people are just getting bored. Yeah. And that, yeah, and I feel like, you know, and that's like to me, like, why I think in this like siege of where everything kind of does feel the same, Blue Beetle kind of feels like, you know, a diamond in the rough. Like, even if it's a small diamond, it's a diamond in the rough because it's like, it's so self contained that it could be an Elseworld story, it could be in the DCEU if they would have continued it. 
It could be in, you know, the DCU. It could be in the DC, James Gunn's universe later on. Like, it, it's that's like why I feel like I'm so drawn to it right now is because it's like, oh, here's one movie. I get to learn about this character in this universe. You know, yes, there's references. Yes, someone wears like a, you know, a Gotham, um, a Gotham, like, uh, sweatshirt. But it's like, I mean... Like it, it, it's like going back. It's like to me, like what I love about Blue Beetle and is a re, is probably the reason why, to most people, it didn't incentivize people to go see it. Is that it's so meat and potatoes, back to basics, you know, superhero that you know it doesn't that it doesn't create enough incentive, and, they, and people can just watch it at home instead of spending you know twenty dollars if they don't if if they're people like, you know, if they're people that just don't have like, you know, Regal or AMC memberships, they can just wait, what is it, two, three months to rent it? So. Hell, I feel like uh, now with some of these box office bombs, the time between that and video on demand is getting shorter. I mean, Flash, yeah. uh, I felt like was on video on demand pretty quickly, where it actually did pretty well from my understanding. Yeah, I think that's yeah. where, yeah. Sorry, Jacob, what were you saying? Oh no, I was I was just going to say like well, I actually now forgot what I was going to say. Maybe it'll come back to me. But I'm rooting for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um... I forgot what I was about to say, but it, it was something along the lines of like if I remember correctly, like um I actually liked how it wasn't connected to anything. You know, I I think that's yeah. great. Just like Kale said, it was very much a this is our movie. Don't worry about anything else. And you know what? I respect that a lot. I respect that, something like this, a hell of a lot more than I respect something like The Flash, which was meant as something and then became something it was never meant to be. And then like Andy Muschietti tried to tie it all together. That's just messy. That's just sloppy. That's just bad. You're taking other filmmakers' characters and you're making them your own just to fit a narrative that wasn't even the original narrative for the movie. It's like, it's all jumbled and messy by that point, you know? And I think I gotta that... Take it. I, I gotta stop you there, though. They're not the filmmakers' characters, though. They're owned by DC Comics. I know! They're just the filmmaking the characters. I get that, but it's also like, those movies are like Snyder's movies. Like, you know, like... I, I think what Jacob's saying, more... like, the interpretations of the characters. Yeah, so it's like... Ben Affleck's Batman, if you look at his Batman in like BVS and the Snyder cut of Justice League versus The Flash, where he's like, oh, baby, I should donate my money to the poor and not be Batman anymore. It's like, well, that's not really what, that's not what this character would have movies, you know? Yeah, that's a fair point because I don't see anything hopeful in any Snyder DC film. So why would I think any character has anything that doesn't involve violence or like vi angry, uh, brutal responses? Well, and also it's a di like first of all, it doesn't even work for Batman because Batman like still does donate, and part of his whole thing as Bruce Wayne is to run like charities and parties to like raise funds for like yeah. So like for him and to say so just even so even on that level it's just like damn bruce <laughs> like, and he pays for superman's funeral it's like wait what but yeah. it's like i guess to me it's just kind of like you know going back to the main movie because i don't want to get off topic with all the snyder stuff because quite honestly as much as i love that stuff 
just to be real, it doesn't matter anymore because they're not going to continue it. No, no matter how many death threats, no matter how many death threats Schneider fans send to executives or how many uh, bots they purchase to make it seem like it's more desired than it actually is. uh, Blue Beetle, I think, very much stands on its own. I think that, you know, I think it works. Personally, I'm tired of cinematic universes. Hell yeah. I think that it's exhausting to keep up with everything, especially when a lot of the projects just don't really connect in a way. Or don't go anywhere. Anymore. Like the... I, I think that both DC and Marvel, I think both are struggling with that. I don't care. The only MCU I care about is the Muppet Cinematic Universe. You know, <laughs> I, I think that ultimately when it really comes down to it, it's one of those things it's just like i'm very glad that we have a superhero movie if anything the biggest takeaway for me from this movie is that we have a superhero movie that is just concerned with being a superhero movie and maybe that's maybe that's the biggest takeaway from this after all for me yeah. me i uh i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot well maybe not a lot's a great way to put it but uh, I enjoyed it well enough. I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the first Shazam movie. And uh, I really hope to see both Blue Beetle and uh, Zolo uh, return to play the character. Uh, I thought he brought a lot of charisma to him, brought a lot of uh, relatability to the character, particularly being a college student, realizing, wait, why aren't I getting a nice job right out of college? But uh, I, uh, uh, I also really like that. Funny enough, you realize in the third act, oh shit, the suits had an arc in this, a character arc in this film too. Like, uh, I, I, it's fun, it's creative, uh, but, uh, be honest, like, uh, I, I agree with what you said, Jacob. Like, uh, I am a fan of the MCU for the most part. It's not in a great, uh, state right now, but, like, I'm kind of sick and tired of everyone thinking they need to follow the formula. I honestly wouldn't be opposed if DC just wanted to not even do, like, a connected universe, but more just solo films. Because the Batman was fantastic. Like, I yeah. know the Batman is being spun off into its own, like, cinematic universe and everything with spinoffs and sequels and all that, but, like, Honestly, if the next Superman movie were to be a self-contained, like that wouldn't make it any less great if it's a good movie. Yeah. Like uh like uh, this Blue Beetle film, there's very superficial references to other characters, but the film is never the film's like story or anything isn't dependent on you being familiar with those elements enough to enjoy it. Right. And then to be honest, like again, like I'm an MCU fan, but I enjoy it in the MCU when a film feels self-contained, where it's just like, I can just enjoy this movie without having to be familiar with the 20-something the other films. And don't be wrong, it's like, I've seen them all and everything, I'm not lost, but I can appreciate when a movie is good on its own merits, and not for just being another, like, piece of a larger puzzle, because I feel like... I don't know, that was something that particularly irritated me about Phase 1 and 2 of the MCU as these movies were coming out, because I felt like some films were just so bland that it's like, it doesn't feel like it wants to be a movie, but just like a piece to a better movie that's getting made. Mm-hmm. Wow. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree too. Um, on that note, uh, do we have any more final notes on, or final thoughts on Blue Beetle? Hmm? 
Go see it. If, if they don't make more, I really hope I see more of Jaime and Zolo as, uh, in the, maybe like as a supporting character in other projects or whatever. Just, I would like to see more of the character. Yeah. And also, I mean, it was announced like earlier, I think yesterday or today that, uh, Angel Manuel, uh, Zoto is now working on like another movie, uh, so he's working on another movie. So and like he had a he was he's attached to one of the Transformers movies, but I guess that may or may not be happening. We'll see. Um, so he is. So yeah, I I wish everyone the best. I hope this movie does have legs. I hope um, it at the very least jettisons Zolo to do more film roles because I do think he's a very talented actor. Like, uh, would like to see him in more leading roles, maybe like uh, comedies or like even drama roles. Exactly. I think for me, uh, yeah, I just want to see this whole you know, like crew like do it again. Like, just like get everyone, you know, like yeah. I just want to see everyone, you know, continue working. Uh, so with that. Um, uh, uh, Jacob, I'm gonna start with you. Um, where can the good people find you? And um, you mentioned something about uh, a Muppet cinematic universe. Do you want to explain? <laughs> explain right, yourself. So, I thought that's always existed. So first off, I just want to say thank you to Kale for having me again on a podcast. Trey, it was great talking with you as well. Hey, it was great um, talking with you, man. Sweet. Um, you can find me on YouTube. I, I mentioned in our Indiana Jones um, or your Indiana Jones podcast back in June before Dial of Destiny that I thought I was going to get back into YouTube eventually. I have. Um, I have a new YouTube channel called Jacob Suggs. It's just my name. You can find me there. Um, I have a lot of videos. I just made a video actually talking about how Black Adam failed to save the DCEU or make the DCEU. I like that movie. I think it's fun, but I do think that, you know, ultimately it, it did fail for a variety of reasons that I think yeah. are interesting enough to talk about. Um, I also have a video about the MCU, the Muppet Cinematic Universe. So if you are interested in any of that, you can find my YouTube channel on YouTube, Jacob Suggs. That's it. Oh. I'm also on Twitter at JTimSuggs. So if you're into any Star Wars hot takes or movie hot takes in general, you can definitely find me there. Yeah, and as a final note, Jacob actually was perfect to talk about Black Adam because um, Jacob actually likes the movie. And so it's not like a complete, that episode's not a complete like hate fest on the movie itself. It's it's more. It's a more very level-headed uh, perspective. So yeah, you were actually. So yeah. So yeah. Thank um, you. I, I appreciate that. I will. I will go to bat for Black Adam any day. It's not a masterpiece, but it's a fun movie, and I definitely think it's worth watching for sure. Well, I mean, it's one of the. It's funny because it's like you know, there's this whole discourse about a, about Rotten Tomato scores with that movie, and it's like. I definitely think it didn't deserve like a, a low of a, a low a rotten tomato score as it got, but I don't think it deserved like the ninety fucking something from users and everything on there. Like uh, it's like, come on, guys, there's a good medium somewhere. It's like a um, solid sixty percent movie for me. I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Well, I mean, a broken clock is uh, right, <laughs> right, is right twice, twice a day, day, so that's how I feel about it. Um. 
Uh, so, but yeah, okay, but yeah, uh, Trey, uh, do you have anything to plug or anything, or any place where the good people can find you? Well, I need to plug my phone in. It's going to die pretty soon, <laughs> and uh, uh, people can find me at my house, but I'm not going to tell you the address because I don't want you coming here. But uh, I'm working on a few things right now. Uh, don't expect uh, don't expect anytime soon. I'm a very slow worker. But uh, yep, I got a couple uh, projects cooking in the oven that I've been writing. So. Uh, Hopefully, uh, I can actually refer be, uh, to it by name instead of just know, this, like, uh, stupid did. thing so that's just uh, in, in my head. Or, I think, awesome. Fall awesome, of 2000, awesome. we will uh, be waiting. Uh, we we will be waiting a show called From the Top, uh, the Ultimate for Filmmaker's that. Perspective, uh, which was meant uh, to kind of... And then you can follow me on Twitter at Bridge, you know, you know, or, uh, between, I'm calling you know, it Twitter still movie seasons, because uh, we review I'm not going to call it Brand um, X from Food Fight. Filmmaker's so, filmographies. Uh, uh, we so, were starting yeah, with Michael Mann. Be, um, be, one thing led to another to where I couldn't get enough people in... I couldn't either get enough people involved or I couldn't get enough people to actually talk about Michael Mann man's lost uh, movie the key uh so uh so but we uh, but i'm finally you know finishing the pod the series uh so uh starting next week uh on next wednesday we will launch uh we will relaunch that show uh with the thief episode that we've already released so there's all so uh we're gonna relaunch it i'll kind of add a different intro to kind of you know guide us back into it, and then we'll go from the keep, man, uh, manhunter to last of the Mohicans, and so on. So, and this will kind of serve as our bridge, you know. While there's nothing really going to be at the movies for a while, I know there's stuff like Bottoms, and then there's like the Nun too. But I mean, I don't really. I think I've only done one of those Conjuring movies as a review, so uh, we're gonna kind of skip. We're, so we're going to kind of be not reviewing current releases um, for the exception of things like Gareth Edwards, the creator, and Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. And then back, and then in November, we'll be at a certain point in the show where we'll be about, hopefully about eight, movie, eight or nine movies in uh, to the filmography, and then we'll kind of come back in November with Dune, like full-time. We will be back in November. We will be back full, full-time because... As you guys might know, uh, Dune, after like Dune Part 2, we got the Marvels, we got the Hunger Games, and then we got Wish, um, and a bunch of other movies. And so we are going to be doing, so so we're going to be full, full swing in November. But for now, we are going to be just concentrating on the Michael Mann retrospective, taking a long-needed break from the summer and the current releases. Uh, so with that, I just want to say thank you all for listening. Um, Trey, Jacob, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing this for Blue Beetle. Um, and uh, yeah, we will be back next week for the re-upload of Thief. And then following that, we'll be talking about Michael Mann's The Keep. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you very, very, we'll be back with you much later. Okay. I, I think I cut a bus in half. The scarab chose you, but it belongs to me. 
love you feel for your family makes you weak. The universe has sent you a gift, and you have to figure out what you're going to do with it. Whatever you can imagine, I can create. Let's party. Nice choice. I just want to It's like Batman stuff. Batman's a fascist. I just want to rap.